essa! Good evening and welcome to the Monday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. It's episode 379 of the Private Property Podcast. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the best and the only daily property show in South Africa that helps you on your property needs. And to all our regular viewers watching us at home, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on Instagram, or of course on YouTube, welcome to it. You know how we do. Every single weekday, you and I have an appointment at 7 p.m. where I'm always in conversation with a property expert who helps us make better property decisions. And of course, you can also look forward to other great shows across private properties, social media pages every single weekday at 8 p.m. As it's a Monday, you can look forward to the Home Shoppers show and that comes to your screens every Friday as well. Uh, and Chad brings you that to your screens. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, Umbali Noko brings you the farming podcast tackling all things agriculture. And on Wednesdays, Esti Klaassen brings you the first time Home Buyers Show. Those are the great shows every single weekday that you can tune into right here across Private Properties' social media pages at 8 p.m. Do make sure that you set those alarms and you, of course, do tune in. Now, one of the great things that you know that you definitely going to find when you go to our Facebook page is the great competition that we are running. Uh, we've got a pinned post where we want to find out from you at home some of the great property insights and advice that you've picked up as you're watching the show. And uh, when you enter that competition, you stand a chance of walking away with 500 rands in cash every single weekday. And all you have to do to stand a chance of walking away with that cash is, of course, comment on that pinned post, then make sure that you watch us live uh, in order for you to be able to claim your prize if we call your name, when people don't, when people don't claim the prize, we certainly roll it over uh, the following evening, and it goes on into the money bag. Well, that's how you can stand a chance of walking away with some cash this evening. Uh, we will be announcing who the potential lucky winner is later on the on the show, so do watch out for that um, later on. Now, this evening, we're talking about something that I'm actually quite passionate about because I think a lot of people uh, always want to have their finger on the pulse when it comes to this. We're looking at property valuations in various areas. We're going to look at what do we mean when we talk about property valuations? What are some of the factors that actually go into how you know, different properties are valuated? And of course, really unpacking uh, this for you at home. I'm joined by John Jack, who's the CEO at Galetti Corporate Real Estate. John, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us on the show thank you it's always such a pleasure to have you on the show jack um i mean i think john when when we look at property valuations i i, I think let's just first start with what are we typically referring to when we talk about property valuations um you know in the in, in the real estate sector especially for viewers at home who don't quite have a, a sense of what goes into uh property valuations and what exactly it is uh that we mean because we know that it isn't just the price that you see when you go on uh you know triple www.privateproperty.co.za uh, there's, there's quite a bit more that goes into that. So what, what exactly do we mean when we talk about uh, property valuations? Sure. So 
it depends, you know, commercial is quite different from residential, quite different, you know, so they're, they're different markets really. And in the residential space, what you're largely talking about is a, a comparable value. So they'll go out to market and they'll look for comparable properties, a four bedroom home in a similar area of a similar specification uh, and of a similar size really. And, and so you're going, you're, they'll perform what they call a comparative market analysis. And largely there, it's the agent's gut feel of, what she thinks the house or what he thinks the house will sell for. And, and they trying to assimilate it to different properties in that area, which is, is quite a good way of working with residential. You know, do you have a pool? Don't you have a pool? Do you have a view? Don't you have a view? Are you inside the security boom? Are you outside the security boom, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a lot of different bits and pieces that go into a residential valuation. In a commercial valuation, it's, it's more sort of uh, methodical and, and more scientific, I'd say. So, you know, if you look at a lot of the listed funds, how are their properties valued? They use a, a discounted cash flow where they, they try and take into account what's happening in that property today, who the tenant is and how, you know, uh, what rentals are being paid today and how long that lease is going to last for. And then they try and map out what happens after that lease. So let's say they're looking for a five-year discounted cash flow. They'll look at what's going to happen for the rest of the lease. Let's say that's three years. Then they'll say, now, after three years, how long do we think this property is going to be vacant for? And when it relets, what is our reletting assumption? So we have to work out what market is today. We have to grow that market rate and, and then work out that sort of value at the end of the lease. Discount everything back to today, and then you get your discounted cash flow. It's, it's, it's a bit of a complicated methodology. What are people using when they're looking at an investment analysis to try and value a property um, today? What should I pay today? Often people are just using a yield. So they take what the net income they're going to receive from that property is uh, at, at their best sort of guess, or maybe there's an underlying lease, and they discount it using a yield. And then that yield comes all the way back to what your perception of what that yield should be in the market, which has various different factors that imp impact mm -hmm. it. You know? I'm thinking back to my varsity lectures, um, internal and external factors that impact your yield. You know, um, But really, again, it comes back to what's a market yield? What's the tenant like? What's the grade of the property like? Um, which market is it sitting in? Um, how long is that lease? And so there are various factors that go and impact that. Um, and you get back to your, your yield, which is derived from the, the income, really. Mm -mm -mm. I am this evening in conversation with John Jack, who is the CEO of Galetti Corporate Real Estate. We're looking at property valuations uh, in various areas. What goes into property valuations? What are some of the factors that uh, you know have a huge impact in how properties are evaluated? And of course, if you're joining us at home, do show us some love on our Facebook page, or if you're watching us on Instagram or YouTube, I can already see the gang is in formation there on Facebook. Analda Everton, a bit. Abeda Albertain, Umenz Butelezi, Averencha Parichia, Koso Shumelo, all sending those green hearts uh, watching us on our Facebook page. Do keep that love coming along. Uh, we certainly love seeing it. And, and I think, John, then when we when we now have an understanding of what we mean by property valuation, and of course, as you're highlighting, it, it, it we work it out differently when we look at resi versus you know corporate, and I mean industrial is also just a completely different beast um, altogether. What are then some 
of the factors that go into how properties typically get evaluated. And I mean, we can split it with, you know, um, residential and a bit on, on, on the commercial side in terms of just the various factors. I know valuers obviously uh, have, you know, their, their tasks, there are certain things that they look at, but certainly at a high level, what are some of the factors um, that play a role in how properties get valued and the sort of final figure that we ultimately uh, get to? Look, if you're looking holistically and we're talking about commercial property and residential property, everyone talks about a, well, everyone's thinking about a total return. So what is the capital growth of the property going to be over the period that you look to hold it? Let's say five years. Uh, what's the capital growth going to be? And then on top of that, what's the income return going to be? What's the, what's the, you know, what is that property yielding? So in residential, often because people anticipate a higher capital growth of that property, they are prepared to accept a lower yield or a lower return on the property. So you'll see, you know, six, 7% net return. So a net return, just to kind of get into it, I mean, valuing property gets very technical. So I'll, I'll try and be relatively simplistic. But basically what it is, is after you've paid away all your costs, so you, you get paid a rental for the year, 100,000 Rand, and then you've still got to pay your rates. You've still got to pay for some maintenance. You've still got to pay maybe there's some levies or city improvement district or, or whatever it might be. What you're left with in the end of the day is what your net income is. That net income is then divided by the selling price of the property and that determines your yield, right? So, you know, in the residential sense, you're talking anywhere six, seven, eight percent It's It's relatively low. In commercial, it's a bit higher. But again, in residential, people are looking at the total growth and saying, what will the capital growth of this property will be? And, you, you know, you see you know, demand in certain areas. And so you see very high capital growth. We saw huge capital growth before the 2008 period. And again, uh, between I'd say 2015 and 2018, quite a significant amount of capital growth in, in residential property in South Africa, specifically in Cape Town. There's a lot of semigration to Cape Town. So there was just a lot of demand and that really just drives the the capital growth of the property. And then the rental market sort of follows that as there's demand, there's no longer property to to, um, you know, there's less and less property to rent, lots of tourism coming in, uh, people are looking for rentals, they can't find them, they got to pay more and more and more. And that then drives the rental growth. So there, there are lots of these different little factors that impact it. On the commercial side, you're really looking at, you know, what, what are guys looking at? Fundamentally, they're looking at the income and how solid that income is. What I mean by that is, who's the tenant? Is the tenant a, a new business? And if it is a new business, who are they backed by? Are they strong? Is there a strong balance sheet behind them? Are they going to be able to pay their rental into the foreseeable future? Is there any risk of them not paying rental going on? Because these commercial leases are you know, five, six, seven, 10 years. Are they going to be able to afford that rental going into the future? And obviously, if you're signing a lease with the likes of uh, First National Bank or ABSA, these are very, very bankable assets. And so, so therefore... When people are looking at their total return, there's less risk that they price into that, into that yield or, or cap rate. Okay, yield is derived by the selling price, uh, or taking the taking the income and dividing it by the selling price, right? So they they're willing to accept a lower yield on how bankable the underlying lease is, how bankable the underlying tenant is. So that's the first thing. That's the that's pretty much the most important thing. After that, you start to look at an area. How prime is the area? Will there be growth in that market? Are the rentals going to continue to grow? So if you look at the, the far south of Johannesburg, if you look at sort of outlying areas, there's not a lot of demand for property. So even though you've got a great tenant, 
it's unlikely that they're going to be there's going to be a lot of demand for the, those types of properties driving the rental up and so the rental stays relatively flat and and therefore you know you need a slightly more yield to counter the fact that there's not going to be a lot of capital growth of, of that of that asset whereas in a prime area and I would have said a prime area was Santon uh, but you know we've been shown that that's the that's the incorrect way of thinking but a prime area, take uh, you know Pomona and the logistics hub. Let's say where DSV's just bought, or DSV built the new facility that Equites bought. Those are very prime areas. Those are growth nodes. Rentals are going to continue to. Um, there's going to be demand that continue to you know drive the rentals higher and higher and higher. And there's a very strong underlying covenant. And there you see the listed funds paying in the in the sort of high seven percent yields for those uh, properties. Um, and I'd say those are the critical things. Which area is it in? Is rental going to continue to grow? Uh, is it an in-demand area? Or are people going to continue to invest in that area? Property is going to get better. And then the underlying covenant. Those are the two main, or, or tenant as it were. Those are the two main um, things that drive a, a return. And then length of lease. Of course, if you have the greatest tenants in the world in a, in a, in a good area, um, but you've only got a one-year lease, well, you only have that tenant for another year, in you know, as far as you can see. If you had a ten-year lease, of course, that's something that's far more bankable. Um, and when I say bankable, that's something that the banks will happily finance. When you've got one year of lease, well, how much how much vacancy are you going to have? 